everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 40, brought to you by Botulism. Recorded November 29th, 2012, from your friends at the Element Opie Network, elementopie.com. The Periodic Table number 40. The 40th episode of the Periodic Table, which means I must, I am bound by law. I don't know. To uh, tell you that the 40th element, the element with the atomic number of 40, is zirconium. A grayish-white, lustrous metal that, uh, when cut into very thin slices, can actually ignite spontaneously in air. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but if you choose to, it's kind of cool. Um... When it's a solid metal, though, it's a lot harder to ignite. It's actually fairly stable, which is interesting. And uh, probably the way you most know zirconium is one of its um, derivatives, zirconia, as in fake diamonds, cubic zirconia. It uh, becomes a, a, a cultured, what are they, not cultured, but uh, manufactured gemstone, zirconium. It's a mixture of zir- zirconium and silicon and oxygen i think i just i just made that up but i think so yeah i'm getting asked in the chat room what uh what element will i discuss when i run out of elements i'll just wrap around and i'll start making them up uh, I'll, I'll it'll be marconium and, and aerononium and the aaron of course of aerononium straining literally biting his tongue to keep from interrupting is Mr. Aaron Butler. Hi, Aaron. How are things? Oh, he muted himself. He couldn't interrupt. He's got his mic muted. Yeah, and then I came in. <laughs> I did it. By muting myself, I prevented myself from doing it. I absolutely actually made it through the whole thing. Because you, I was going to even jump in and say, you're, you're Mark, right, Mark. It is zircon is uh, zirconium, silicon, and oxygen. It's right there in the show notes. And, right. and you, you send it from the last sentence. But I didn't. I kept my mouth shut, my mic muted, and and there, there's your one time. <laughs> so we didn't do the show last week because we record on Thursday, and last Thursday was, of course, uh, a national holiday here in the United States, um, known colloquial as, uh, colloquially as Turkey Day. Aaron, what did you do for your Thanksgiving? I know that, but the audience doesn't, so tell them. Well, I left the Friday before Thanksgiving. Drove seven hours to Mississippi, spent the night at my aunt's house, caught a cold from her, drove seven more hours to Fort Worth, stayed for three days at my in-laws, drove five and a half hours down to my parents' house um, south of Houston, stayed there for actually, so that's actually where I was for Thanksgiving Day, had lots of great food and saw my family, and then drove back, left at 3.30 in the morning on Saturday, and got back to my house after a two-hour stopover at Stennis Space Center in Mississippi to do a little tour. At eight thirty p.m. that night. Now we had an hour, so it, you know it's it wasn't quite as bad as it was. But we left at three thirty, and relatively got here at seven thirty. So that is a sixteen-hour car ride um, on Saturday. <clears throat> so I drove. That's what I did for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was about twenty-one hundred, a little over twenty-one hundred miles. Did you manage to uh, find some turkey and dressing during all that driving? I don't. I didn't need to bite a turkey. Oh, that's yeah, right. Because I'm allergic. I, I had forgot about lot, that. I had plenty of ham, though. Did you find a the ham? There we go. All yes, right. I did. My, uh, we had on Thanksgiving Day at my mom's house. We had turkey and ham, and we also had one of my cousins brought. Um, 
there's this there's this brand of jalapeno called Faro that you can get at my mom's in that area. I don't know you know how regional they are or where else you can get them. They are these pickled jalapeno halves, and they have the best flavor. And they're they're a little warm, but they're not real hot. She brought those stuffed with cream cheese and sausage, and then my sister brought fresh jalapeno halves stuffed with cream cheese and sausage that ranged from mild bell pepper hot to what did I just put in my mouth hot? Uh, and it was kind of a it was kind of a, a roulette of jalapenos. Like I got a hot one, I got a hot one, you know. And then the next three would be mild. And <laughs> That's awesome. It was that was really that was good. I love jalapenos and I like them that way a lot. The capsaicin grab bag. You never know what you're gonna get. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we stayed here in our new home in Atlanta or just outside of Atlanta. Um, didn't have any family come over. Didn't, uh, well, my mom, uh, but no, not a big family thing. Didn't really do anything spectacular, which is nice. I like it when you don't do much on a holiday. Um, they are, you know, supposed to be days of rest, right? So uh, <laughs> we rested that day, which was very nice. Um, and enjoyed copious amounts of really good food. So, uh, we have joining us, Mr. Jim, the Redneck Geek Beeson. Hiya, Jim. Here awesome. I come to save the day. It wasn't nearly as exciting as it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, Faro Jalapeno Peppers are made by, or distributed by the Consolidated Mills Company out of Houston. So they're, I wouldn't be surprised if they were only available in that area. Are they super, super hot? Or Well, no, no, no they, you said those are the mild ones. No, they have, they, I mean, they're warm. They're hot. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not, not jalapenos. Um, but the flavor of them, man, they just have such a good flavor. And apparently I can get them Faro um, mild hot half. So I guess they consider, they consider them mild. I can get a gallon of them. <laughs> <laughs> for thirty four fifty, if I order direct from the manufacturer, because um, this is actually the this is like the the food distributor's website that I found. That's awesome. I'm gonna order me a whole pallet of them. Just have it in my garage. So, uh, Jim, what did you do for your uh, Thanksgiving celebration? I fried some turkeys. Oh, nice. All right. In in fact, normally. We uh, have our Thanksgiving celebration the Sunday after because being an extended and blended family, everybody's got things to do on Thanksgiving Day. And we found that if we just all get together the Sunday after, it's more relaxed and everybody can have a good time and not be, you know, you come over for 30 minutes and you got to go and everything. So, but my oldest son invited us to his place Thanksgiving Day and my wife said, sure. And then he said, well, Will Jim fry some turkeys for us? Like, okay, we see what you're up to, boy. <laughs> Clever. Mm-hmm. Yes. We had at, at our house, this is the funny thing I told my mom. I, I was just, I was cracking up. I said, Mom, you realize that we literally almost have enough dessert for everybody to have their own pie. <laughs> I mean, I, we had a small turnout this year. Um, one of our main extended family slash friends was, was in the hospital. And so he he's ill, so some of his kids were there with him. And so we only had, you know, small, it was a small gathering for us, like 18 people. Um, we've had 40 there before for Thanksgiving. So 18 is a fairly small number. I think, I'm not joking, we had a, a, a six-inch thick, thick bunt cake, a tray, uh, like a nine by 13, 
you know, pancake. You know, I'm talking about like a, you know, like a flat cake, whatever you call those, right. sheet cake. Sheet cake. Uh, it was a pumpkin. Man, that one was really good too. We had like a loaf, some kind of cinnamon bread loaf thing, like some kind of. Like yeah, that's a, that's what too. it says in the recipe: cinnamon bread loaf thing. Yeah. Exactly. And we had a lemon meringue pie, and we had two pecan pies. So, I mean, if you if you were to if you were to divide that equally between us, I would have had to eaten three quarters of a pie and two pieces <laughs> of cake or something like that. It was crazy, and not to mention the two boxes of fudge covered Oreos that my niece bought. My wife made a pumpkin cheesecake, which is mm. a, a tradition around here. It, uh, unfortunately, my wife only knows how to make giant food. So this was roughly a seven-pound uh, right. cheesecake. And then the next-door neighbor pops over and says, Hey, I made y'all a, a sweet potato pie. I hope you like it. So we have like half of a sweet potato pie and two-thirds of a pumpkin cheesecake still left over a week later. Well, the nice thing about going for Thanksgiving is we didn't bring it back with us. We don't have <laughs> leftovers. Now, we we did, though, since we're talking about food here before we really get going on the show. Um, my father-in-law is from a little town called St. Joe, which is up in northwest, northwest North Texas. You know, it's northwest of Fort Worth, north north of Fort Worth. Um, I guess, yeah, north of Fort Worth. And it's, a little, it's next to a little German town called Munster, M-U-E-N-S-T-E-R. And they have this meat market in Munster that people drive literally hours to come there, and they just... Mark, you'd you'd be in heaven. You'd literally be in hog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bacon and, festival, is it? Yeah, I mean they have all kinds of stuff. And so he sent he went up there. He bought the turkeys there for Thanksgiving. He bought he sent two hams home with us, uh, like six link sausages. And when you get a link sausage there, it's like a three and a half foot long link that they then fold and wrap in paper for you. And then I cut it in half to be able to put it in the freezer. Um, it was awesome. So anyway, that that's all we brought back with us stuff stuff to cook and know what to eat in the future we didn't bring any leftovers back so all right so enough about food um, yes. let's get on to the news of the week and this first story is it's becoming a recurring trend uh with all due respect to charlie sheen the onion is winning <laughs> <laughs> the people's daily the the official newspaper of the north korean north korean government um recently ran uh, a a uh, two or three paragraph article referencing an onion article where the onion named uh the north korean dictator the sexiest man alive that's awesome and they didn't just run it they 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 pretty much reveled in it they wrote three paragraphs on it, included uh, included a bunch of stock pictures of it. But uh, uh, here's some uh, one of the quotes from the Onion they put in there: "Blessed with an air of power that masks an unmistakable cute, cuddly side, Kim made his newspaper's editorial board swoon with his impeccable fashion sense, chic short hairstyle, and of course that famous smile." That's so funny. <laughs> So the dear leader was Onion's sexiest man in the world, and his newspaper ran with it in big, big fashion. <laughs> and know, it's not the first time they've done this. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, the uh, what's what's funny on things like that is when when you do that, I mean, 
if you're the guy who pulls that story and then and doesn't vet it and puts it on there, how how do you pull? How do you get back? How do you come back from that? You just don't. You're like, I, yep, I did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he can contact he can contact his colleague in Iran and figure right. out how you recovered from it. Right. The uh, Ahmadinejad uh, article about. Uh, uh, that the Onion ran saying that uh, most Americans would rather vote for him than Obama. Uh, uh -huh. That newspaper said, yeah, well, if it were a real survey, that's probably what the answer would have been. So that's the way they handled it. Ah, uh, I love the Onion. Good satire, well done, is often difficult to discern from reality. That's and true. speaking of something that I haven't yet discerned whether or not it's reality, the whole John McAfee story. You guys surely are familiar with this, right? We can't do a, a show about, about news on a network about tech without mentioning John McAfee. Tell us all about it, Mark. Well, um, he's, he, he lives in Belize now, uh, tax haven, I believe it is, and is currently wanted for murder and is on the run from yeah. Belizean police. Um, but while he's on the run, he's actively updating a blog at whoismcafee.com. You can go there and you can see he's posting regularly. Like between the time I prepared the notes for this show this afternoon and now, there's another post. Um, he's making, and he's like, um, I went back to the house today dressed in a disguise. Here's a picture of the disguise I wore. Isn't it good? Um, he's on the run with his girlfriend and he's like um we we a friend of ours smuggled us into their house and here's a picture of us enjoying the meal <laughs> it's it's unbelievable how brazen he's being about this he's he's actively blogging from quote unquote the run uh -huh. um while he's wanted for murder i mean more power to him i guess if he's uh if he's that brave i i, I, Stupid, I don't know it either we're seems about just in case somebody in case somebody doesn't know mcafee is one is one of the top two or three uh, antivirus programs out there and john mcafee is the guy who kind of i guess spearheaded originally wrote the original idea or code uh, john mcafee wrote the first uh commercial anti-spyware tool um mcafee sold to network associates which later sold to Symantec. Uh, so he got out for the sum of like $500 million a while back and at, at some point moved to Belize and has, has lately been turning his efforts into uh, creating the perfect designer drug. He's he's high on bath salts right now. You remember bath salts? That's the one responsible that they think is responsible for the guy in Florida who was eating people's faces off. Right. And, yeah. Ma and McAfee has gone... Uh, uh, very uh, waxed eloquently, eloquently about the smooth high and the gradual release and how he thinks it's almost the perfect one. And he's working on another one. I forget the name of it, but uh, it's designed specifically to uh, cause the woman's sex drive to go into overdrive to the point where she is no longer capable of maintaining her own composure. And that's the, that's the drug he's working on right now. All right. So like a nice guy. <laughs> The next date rape drug, huh? Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's it's unbelievable, and it's and it almost is unbelievable. It it smacks to me like this really well um, written uh, publicity right. stunt. The guy's rich. He's bored. 
right. what'll be fun? I know. I'll pretend to be on the run in Belize, and I'll write this crazy story, and in the end, we'll document how I did it and make a big laugh about it and make some extra money. Yeah, I'll turn it into a book. Right. Now, here he's listening to this show and listening to all of the stories that we bring, and he's got the money to He wanted to be on the take, show. <laughs> yeah, and he wants to take it to the uh, nth degree, and he's got the money to do it. And since he was never going to be on the show for actually selling a good product, uh, this was the only way it was going to happen. Yes. If you uh, want your computer to slow down. <laughs> so in bringing together two of the biggest stories of the last week, uh, Thanksgiving, of course, and the fact that Hostess has gone out of business. Hostess, the maker of the beloved, iconic American snack food, the Twinkie. Yes. A New York caterer decided that Thursday he was going to serve up a Twinkie stuffed turkey. Wow. I don't even know. I mean, I like I like Twinkies okay. I can't eat the turkey, but if I could eat the turkey, I don't even know if I'd want to take a try yeah. of that. It's, it's just scary. Yeah, well, you, you, you eat pork. It's a I similar do. flavor and texture. So Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. had turkey before. Yeah. so I don't know that I'd want to eat pork stuffed with Twinkies either. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I, t- I picture a strawberry shortcake, but with meat <laughs> instead. <laughs> It's a waste of meat. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could use it like a glaze if you put the cream on the outside and then baked it or something. No, he's stuffing it. He's stuffing okay. it at uh, um, caterer Butch Yamali uh, at the uh, tavern, excuse me, Kennedy's Tavern on West 57th Street in Manhattan. Said he's been serving the Twinkie stuffed turkey for years as part of his family's secret recipe. Uh, no. We. Reading that next paragraph, though, it sounds like he kind of does that, and it sounds like the way he does it, it may not be too bad because he takes the he breaks the Twinkie up, puts it in the stuffing mix. So he uses it isn't just a turkey stuffed with Twinkies, right? He uses a stuffing mix, and then the breading from the the Twinkies is light and fluffy. It will make your stuffing light and fluffy, and then it says it uses the cream filling of the Twinkie, rub the outside of the turkey with it with some seasoning and honey, and cook it. I would eat that. I take it back. I retract my previous denouncement of this and wish that all of us could have had one for Thanksgiving. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of sweets and meats together with the exception of maybe barbecue and a sweet sauce on that. So maybe this is kind of like that, but I generally like to keep my sweet and my savory separate. Yeah. I had Amen, um, brother. Cheryl made this uh, these paleo pancakes one morning, which are basically – eggs and banana and something else i don't remember what else the, the secret ingredient was and it was like a savory pancake is what it was is how it tasted you know you put syrup on them and right. it was it was kind of interesting kind of in between a uh what's that thing called a crepe it's like in between a crepe and a, and a and a regular pancake it was kind of interesting it was a crepe cake mm-hmm. not to be confused with a crap a cake. uh so you know people have been uh, particularly on facebook uh, there, people have been going nuts about, you know, there are no more Twinkies. Go stock up on Twinkies now. Oh, I couldn't find any Twinkies. All the stores around here are sold out. Knock it off, people. Twinkies are going to be fine. Somebody else is going to buy the Twinkies brand, and there will be Twinkies for years to come. Not well, only did- that, but there's probably a six to eight month supply of Twinkies in Hostess's storehouses right now. Well, and I was going to say, and they'll last for 40, 50 years. Exactly. I was wondering what the shelf life was on those. Actually, I think the uh, official shelf life from Hostess is like three weeks. 
but I know I've had them in my pantry for much longer than that in the past. Uh, so there is no transition to this next story. It's just a cool story. Pigeon. Um, <laughs> yeah. How was that? <laughs> Pigeon. Um, in England, um, a, a British man recently, uh, you know, in preparing for the colder weather, was cleaning out his um, chimney, which I think is a little odd because maybe nobody's cleaned out that chimney in 70 years. I don't know. But anyway, um, in the chimney, he found a carrier pigeon from World War One. Two. Or, excuse me, World War II, um, with a message attached to it. It was it was very common. Well, not very common, but most of the the services at that time used some sort of homing bird uh, to carry um, messages back and forth. So much so that the Axis powers had uh, trained hawk uh, squadrons that they would release to eat. The, You're making that up. No, I'm not. It's true. Um. And in fact, I'll get there on it. But anyway, in the bir- on the bird's foot, tied to a, in a little <laughs> cylinder, was an encoded message. And here it is, you know, uh, seven decades later, roughly. Um, and we can't crack the code. <laughs> the uh, the British intelligence uh, services have looked at it and said it looks like it was. Uh, used uh, uh, some sort of, uh, um, what do they call that, stacked keypad mm-hmm. uh, encryption, which means there's a key, there's a pad of paper with each page has a key on it, and every time a message is sent back and forth, you tear off the page and go to the next key. So there, there's not a key. All the words on the, quote-unquote, words on the page are five-letter words. Um, the message is not fully intact, so they don't have all the information they need. They don't know who it was sent to. Uh, they don't know where it was sent from. Uh, they did find a small a number on the bird's ankle bracelet, and they're going to try to track that down and see if they can at least find which branch of the service and maybe get some more information. But right now, they're standing by the fact that there's not enough information to crack this code, that it is an uncrackable 70-year-old code carried by a pigeon. I mean, because in reality, it could be the code could be as simple as... Um, in the first quintet of letters, use the second letter. In the third, second quintet of letters, use the first letter. Right. In the third quintet of letters, use the fourth letters, but add three, add move it, move three places forward in the alphabet. And there's no way. I mean, at that point, if you start getting that random, you could pretty much make it say anything you want. It'd be like the 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 what was the what, the, what was that called, Mark? Like 15, 20 years ago, where everybody was finding secret codes in the Bible. Yes, yeah, the Bible read, code. Every seventh, every seventh letter, you know, if you read every seventh letter, it's the complete works of Shakespeare, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah what uh, was fascinating, though, is another guy said this would probably be true in any work of similar length. So he yeah. ran the exact same codes on Moby Dick and found, quote-unquote, predictions of the future. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's what's really funny is that they were right, running these things against English translations of the Bible. Right. You know, which is that's to me that then that's just hilarious. But anyway, that's a whole side yeah. note. And there would uh, be something like the word tower on the page, and then backwards diagonally, the word fall. Clearly, that was nine eleven. Clearly. Yes, I mean it couldn't have been anything else. I could have been describing a game of Jenga. Uh, which anyway. I bought by the way this weekend. We were in Texas and been playing with my son and my wife and he loves it. It's fun. 
So anyway, back to the pigeon. Stop that pigeon now. Um, the pigeon, I guess, you know, uh, maybe running from the hawks, <laughs> ducked into the uh, chimney and got, I don't know, asphyxiated there and stayed there for many, many years. Um, and I just thought it was interesting. There's, there's, this isn't a joke. It's, it's just interesting. It's, it is. Uh, I mean, that's, that's know. one of those things that that's the only time that's ever going to happen. Right. It's you know. certainly highly unlikely. Yes. Right. So, you know, that's something noteworthy just because that is so unusual. Yeah. The article says about 250,000 p- pigeons were used during World War II by all branches of the military uh, and the special operations executive. Uh, the UK intelligence agency said flying, flying from the mainland Europe to Britain. This is my favorite line of the entire article. The birds heroically delivered all sorts of messages. Heroically, they they were conditioned. It was a Skinner box tr- conditioned response. There's no heroism, heroism yeah. there. Uh, you could have tied tw- a Twinkie to their leg and they would have delivered that <laughs> yeah. with just the same amount of heroism. Would not have mattered. Uh, it says uh, through a. Oh, gun- no, it would it would have mattered because they would have had more prey coming after. <laughs> That's true. Uh, heroically delivered all sorts of messages through a gauntlet of enemy hawk patrols. See, I didn't make that up. And pot shots from soldiers, because you know rednecks like to eat dove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if there were any Americans over there, they might not have paid any attention to whether or not there was a, a, a something wrapped around the ankle. Right. Look at that. It's a, it's a Chinese fortune pigeon. <laughs> I can't make out this recipe on here. I, th- I say we just fry it. Well, uh, this is, uh, you know, my, I've mentioned it before, even on this show already, that I'm, that I, we haven't specifically said it. I'm allergic to poultry. That's a documented allergy. It's fairly rare, but I am allergic to poultry. My mom, she's been my mom my whole life, <laughs> says to me at Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah, this turkey, Aaron, is you know, uh, is organic, homegrown. hasn't had any kind of, you know, any kind of steroids or anything like that. And I was like, Mom, it's still a turkey. <laughs> I'm not allergic to the steroids. I eat those just fine. My pork's great. <laughs> I eat por- steroids just fine. There's a show title. <laughs> yeah, my pork's fine. My steak's fine. It's not the it's not the things they treat it with. It's the bird. It's the it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the actual. Poultry protein Proteins, in the muscles. Yeah. I do have a cousin that's got a pretty serious allergy to shellfish, but what what her husband discovered is if he can get shellfish that is from deeper in the ocean, further you know away from the oil rigs, she can tolerate that. Okay, so you know maybe your mom's onto something. It might not be so much the turkey, but what's injected in it. It's, I've heard it's of that. the turkey, mom. Mr. Turkey. Well, okay, I'm just saying. Just saying. I've heard I've heard of, of her logic before. Yeah. And it's always by the people who aren't allergic to it that want you to try it right. and find out if it's okay. I didn't tell you on it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I told her I said, uh I said, Mom, we've got a giant spiral cut ham sitting right there. I'm fine. I, yeah. I am absolutely fine. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe I, this time it won't kill you. Let's try it here. Gnaw down on this thing. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. Give it a try. I'll be honest Honestly, with you. Honestly, turkey is good the first couple hours after it's fried, and then afterward, it's just sandwiches. That's all. I will, I will honestly say though, when it was sitting there on the stovetop, um, after you know, like the after the first round, and I walked by, I was so tempted just to pick a little piece up and pop it in my mouth. I like it. I mean, that's not. It's it was a my brother in law smoked it. It was really good. I'm sure, but um, 
I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? It just ain't worth it. At least you're not allergic to beef. That's right. Yes. Or pork. You, you can't be a Texan who's allergic to beef. That's you have to be excommunicated from the state. Yep. Um, it just quick aside. My mom is very much allergic to shellfish, shrimp, things of that nature, but she loves it. So she 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 hasn't done this in a while now that she's getting older. But when she was younger, she would like stock up and brace herself. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to puke for three days. Let's go to an all-you-can-eat shrimp buffet. So we'd all go out, and she would just make the most of it and just really enjoy it and revel in it and then spend the next three days sick. That's crazy. That is so funny. Yeah, my, I, mine makes me too too ill now. I've, I've sensitized myself enough to it. I used to could just kind of you know, drink a glass of milk and kind of shake it off. It makes, me, it makes me really ill now, so. And to answer the burning question in the chat, mo- chat room, white meat or dark meat? Dark meat all the way. Give me a thigh, and I'm a happy man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Don't know how, how to respond it. to that, do you? Because yeah, I don't have, I don't get yeah. to eat either one. Mine, I want the other white meat. <laughs> yeah, you want red Pork. meat. So, uh, in the in the in the category of stuff you don't see every day. Ever been driving down the street and see a cop beating up a clown? You know, just yesterday I was. <laughs> well, maybe if you live in Milwaukee, you will see that sort of thing. Uh, apparently, this clown, literally and figuratively, likes to hang out uh, outside the uh, city hall in Milwaukee and, and cause trouble. And on this particular day, he was dressed like a clown. He was being a clown and dressed like a clown. Um. He was causing a disturbance. He was, I'm sorry, I can't say this with a straight face. He was assaulting people with a squirt gun, uh, um, which in the eyes of the law is still assault. Um, And so a police officer walked up to him to um, basically run the guy off, you know, knock it off. Uh, When, I mean, there's a video. You can see the video uh, and the link will be in the show notes. I've posted it in the chat room. Um, the best part the, is his bike. He has a giant stuffed teddy bear <laughs> on the back of his bicycle. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh he's he the cop walks up to him and you can't quite tell uh, sort of who swung first, but at some point uh maybe the cop reached out for him to to get his attention or maybe to 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 give him a push or whatever, but they come to blows and they're literally rolling around on the sidewalk punching each other in the face. Um when another cop comes up and at this point, this is a simple matter of resisting arrest and and assaulting a police officer. You know that regardless of who swung first, you can't swing back at a cop. So the second cop basically roughs him up and haul they haul him off to jail. But there's about a two minute video of a cop and a clown duking it out, rolling around on the ground like schoolboys um, on Thanksgiving weekend. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the the cop goes to put his hand behind his back. All right, to so cuff maybe, him. And maybe the, to cuff and him, then, yeah. and then and then the uh, like the the clown elbows him. Yeah, you know, and that's when they go down. The the man who posted the video on YouTube says, "I pulled up to the stoplight at the corner of Water and Wells, and I kind of happened to look to my right because there was a little bit of movement of a police officer approaching this man, kind of dressed as a clown, but you couldn't really tell. It was weird." Uh, he said, "What was going through my head is a cop is beating up a clown, or." How can I not capture this video and show it to all my friends? 
And what's and what's also funny is this happened looked like you know middle of the day, and only on Twelve News Live they felt right. the need to go back down there in the oh. middle of the night and show them the <laughs> show you the corner that it happened on. Don't get corner, me right started. Right here behind me yeah. earlier today, four hours earlier today, and the the subtitle just says "Clown Arrest, Water and Wells, Milwaukee." Right. News television news they do that all the time. It's like you know I'm I'm up early in the morning. It's four o'clock and I'm I'm watching the news and live on the soon on the scene we have dumb bimbo. Uh, she's I'm standing here out in front of the school building where in about seven and a half hours there will be a school board meeting taking place right there behind those darkened windows. Why do they feel the need to do that? <laughs> Who was that? Who's doing the newscast again, Mark? Dumb bimbo. <laughs> so, uh, uh, or what's worse is, you know, every time a hurricane comes through, you got a guy standing there saying, it's really windy and raining. Yes. Nobody no should be standing should be out, out in here. this. Yes. Yeah, no one should be out here right now. Whatever you do, don't come out here where I'm at. Right. Stay inside your home. When we were driving around in the news van, we saw lots of people out driving around, and that's really ill-advised. You shouldn't do that. News, television news, news in general. It just, that's, why, that's why we do this show, actually. I knew that there would be so much stuff to make fun of that this show actually started just because there's so much bad journalism in the world today. Well, I actually don't even watch the news. I can't tell you the last time I watched a newscast. I would tell you if I knew it, but I can't because I don't. <laughs> I just don't watch it. Don't read the paper either. You know why? Because I get all my news from elementopi.com every Thursday night. <laughs> You're a sad, sadly delusional the historical videos. <laughs> the historical movies. Uh, so this next news. Not Gilligan's Island. Those sad people. <laughs> Trapped there all those years. They almost got off so many times. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about. We're, yeah. we're alluding to uh, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest, Quest, which is an awesome movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. Netflix. Go right now. Stop, pause the show and go and watch Galaxy Quest. Your life will be better for it. It's uh, Tim we'll Allen. Wait. Yeah, we'll wait. It's a Tim Allen send-up of the whole Star Trek thing. Uh, it's It's absolutely hilarious. Um, if you, if you even know what the word star and track put together mean, you will enjoy this movie. Tony Shalhoub who plays, uh, what's his, what's his, uh, I can't think of the television show. His big Antonio on wings. Yeah. But now he's, he's got his own show. He was he's on the, monk monk. Thank you. I guess monk's still running. I don't know no, if it is or not. Yeah. Uh, he was Jeebs in men in black. Yes. He plays the, the, uh, the engineer character. And so he's like. Uh, Captain, my, my guys are telling me that we've got like two more minutes before the engine explodes. Just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to slow down. Yeah. They say it's going to explode and you think that would be bad. They say we can reverse the coupling or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. You got it right, guys. Uh, anyway, it's awesome. Yeah, so it. we're alienating. We go rent it. Go watch it. Buy it. Don't rent it. Buy it. You will like it that much. That's right. Uh, so this next article, it's I have a the last name, guy. It's a picture um, that is, it's 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 so. 
I, I can't. I'm not sure if it's not a Photoshop. I couldn't verify this. It came off of uh, uh, the uh, Orange uh, website, uh, web.orange.co.uk. And I just, I, I don't know if it's true, but if it is, it's something out of a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, in China, um, there was a four-lane highway going through, and this uh, a number of buildings had to be demolished, including a uh, a four-story, uh, five-story apartment building. Apparently, this is a real story. Yeah, maybe. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so the uh, the it was going to go through. It was going to happen. And uh, is I don't know what the rule there in China is, but it sounds similar to the U.S. There's this thing called eminent domain. If we're going to um, bulldoze your house to build a, a road we have to pay you for the house um, but in the u.s you have to leave you don't have any choice in the matter apparently in china <laughs> it's optional the one family <laughs> refused to leave and it went on and on and so finally they just built the eight lane road around them not a big deal so there's this hilarious picture of what you know essentially the chinese version of an interstate with a five-story apartment building sticking right in the middle of it and one power pole sticking up to give them power. Um, it's, uh, the tenant said they just weren't offering us enough money to leave, so we're staying. He said it could be, it could be a good opportunity for us. We could open up a drive through shop on the ground floor. <laughs> That's be the old Stephen Wright joke, you know, about I came home and I actually put my car key in my door of my apartment instead of my house instead of my car, my door key. And I turned it and it cranked up. <laughs> so I drove it around for a while and I parked it out in the middle of the median of the interstate and went up in my front porch and hollered, get, get out of my, my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if he, I don't know what the speed limit is on this highway, but he may literally have a drive through shop before too long. If somebody's careening around the corner and says, oh my gosh, there's a building in the road. That's uh, just filing that under the category of, huh? What do you know about that? Interesting. So they watch Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I'm almost I certain I there was a Looney Tunes episode where that Bugs happened. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, okay. Bugs Bunny. You, you see the where they're trying to build the highway and everything, and they, they excavate all the dirt, and so Bugs' hole is just up like a yeah. 10, 20-foot tree, and, and the foreman says, well, we'll just dump a bunch of concrete on you. So what Bugs does is he gets a umbrella out and they pour the concrete and it just goes right down and makes a uh nice uh, exterior wall and he puts That's his it, mailbox just concretes his hole in for it yeah. yeah and puts door up and then the the last scene is the highway coming right up to it and then almost like a like a coupling it just goes around and then goes on makes me also think of that hitchhiker's guide thing when they're going to knock down arthur Dent's house at the beginning yes and yes. they're like he's like what do you mean you're gonna knock my house down he's like it's been on display at the courthouse what Yes, it's been on yes. display at the courthouse in the basement, <laughs> locked in the cabinet behind a door that says "Danger Tiger." Yes, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, beware of Panther. Um, and and by the way, if you saw the movie "The Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy" and you think you got it, you don't. It's you don't. So um, <laughs> Pete in the chat room says maybe it was a Chinese onion story, and we all fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> ABC did too. So yeah, uh, and so sticking with weird things in China. Um, a young man, 22 years old, says that he's lived on nothing but water since he was 10. For the last 12 years, he's eaten no food, 
and can only has only drank water. His father verifies this to be the case that he's that they 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 he does not eat food. Said he was ten years old. Uh, and he renounced food. Quote, just looking at bread or vegetables at the dinner table made him nauseous. And he always had a very dry throat and a weird sensation like something was stuck that made him drink lots of water all day long. He currently consumes up to 15 liters of water in a day. That's just shy of four gallons. Wow. And uh, so, you know, the, the is it a hoax? Can you live? For 12 I'm, years without drinking water? I'm sorry. I'm calling BS on yeah, this one. I, I think so, too. Well, there's, uh, a, and there's a couple other stories that it references when the guy says, you know, before you totally throw this away. Right. Uh, the, the 92-year-old woman who spent 78 years without drinking water. Now, that actually is possible depending on what you eat. Yeah. Yes. You, I mean, but she says she only eats rice, dried fruits, and nuts. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it said uh, there was yeah. an Indian yogi who proved that he could survive on air alone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. These these sound uh, pretty far fetched to me, but it's an interesting story. You know, it's I got it's, a house in the middle of the highway. I'll tell you. That's right. It is either uh, an amazing piece of history or a total hoax. So history or hoax, I leave it to you to decide. I'm leaning more toward the hoax side because the guy doesn't look unhealthy. I mean, he's not chunky in any way. Um, although the article does say he was too weak and he couldn't work, so he just lives at home and. But he said his parents must not mind because they don't spend any money feeding him. <laughs> oh. And moving right along to something that uh, is, is <laughs> I would like to say it's, it's unbelievable, but we've seen so many examples of this sort of thing before. I totally believe it. Um, a Polish man by the name of uh, Marcin Pietrowski. I don't know if I said that right. Um, Pietrowski. Huh? Pietrowski. Pietrowski. Got got a little drunk. A a little. And uh, decided it wouldn't be safe to drive his car home. Um, Actually, he had had been uh, banned. No, just now. Now he's been. But anyway, he, he didn't want to drive his car home. So he drove his tractor. Okay, a drunk man on a tractor in Poland. <laughs> that that that's you know, that's laughable. All right. He had to go to joke, Mark. He had to get there. <laughs> he had to get there. But uh here's here's the best thing. The tractor only had three wheels. <laughs> that's funny. Thirty nine year old was arrested when police in Janow, Poland found him fast asleep in a ditch beside a beside a dirt road leading to his farm. We had the lots question of is, did, the, did the tractor have three wheels on it when he started? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, you lost one along the way somewhere. Yeah. How do you not notice that? Uh, <laughs> it's a shamed face. Marcin now facing a hefty fine or jail told police I had a few and needed to get home. But I'd completely forgotten there were only three wheels on the tractor. So not only did it start out with three track uh, wheels, but it was an existing condition that he was aware of. That's funny. So where was he drinking at? <laughs> he was drinking at a local pub about five miles from his farm. So he took both his tractor and his vehicle I, that's, at, at some point? <laughs> or maybe he drove the tractor up there took a wheel off to keep him from driving home drunk. You know, it's like giving a buddy your keys. 
Yeah. In, 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 <laughs> no, it's probably in, on a trailer, and he had to actually take it off the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's forethought right there. You know, he I made drinks. He was not in Florida. No, no, it wasn't forethought. The tractor was broke. He went and picked it up. He was on his way home. So uh, can you imagine that scene? Guy slumped over in his tractor, sound asleep, reeking of alcohol with this big trench that the the missing wheel, the axle, has dug into the dirt road. (laughs) That's crazy. I guess it was a good thing it was a dirt road. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the question to everyone, was he in Florida? Now, though it sounds like a very Florida (laughs) thing to say. It does. not not this week. In fact, we don't have any Florida this week. We had a couple of options, but I chose not to go with them because, you know, they, we've gotten to the point where it's a pretty high bar for Florida now. Well, Florida's slacking off. They need to get on the ball. <laughs> You're right. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> next up, uh, I, I actually did this one specifically for Sean, but he didn't make it tonight. Uh, so... You want me to go look in the G Spirits forums for him? Yeah, go see if he's there watching women pour liquor. Uh, <laughs> there's a doctor by the name of Jack Birdie who's just introduced a treatment he calls Poker Tox. <laughs> it's Botox injections for poker players. So if you have an expressive face and have a hard time not showing your nervousness or excitement at the hand you're now holding... You can get Botox to paralyze the muscles in your face and give you the ultimate poker face. The article says the uh, process requires Birdie to consult with the players about what they believe their tells are. Uh, Some people might get a card they like or don't like and raise their eyebrows. If that's the common reaction, we put Botox into an area to minimize that. Other tells on the face might include a tendency to squint or curl the corners of your lips. Uh, while some players might want to make their stiff upper lip even stiffer to avoid reeling their hand, Bertie says poker talks can also be used to bluff. We can put Botox in areas to make it look like the player has a tell when they really don't. To blave. <laughs> a promotional opportunity for ESPN here. Yes. Yeah, the World Poker Tour brought to you by Poker Talks. <laughs> brought to you by botulism. <laughs> oh, that people have too much money in America. When when you're looking to have food poisoning shoved into your face so that you can be a better poker. Here's a better idea. Just learn to play poker better. That's crazy, Mark. That's crazy. Hey, come on, Mark. Come on. You know better. Ellen Leakend, uh, the author of a book called Poker Woman, How to Win at Love, Life, and Business Using the Principles of Poker, says it's brilliant marketing. However, there are a lot of tells that can't be covered up with Botox, such as a throbbing vein in the neck or a tendency to start chatting when you have a good hand or reaching to your chip subconsciously. Uh, says poker talks is also getting needled nice pun there by other plastic surgeons such as uh, a san diego based cosmetic doctor barry handler uh, who sees it simply as repackaging an old idea with a new name <laughs> my first thought is that it's a sad internist who can't earn enough that they have to resort to doing botox and fillers with a gimmick wow 
Nice. So there you go. I was hoping Sean would have some comment on that because he's a poker player. <laughs> and our last story tonight, we have rifled through them in in near record time. Uh, yes, I'm calling this one achievement unlocked. Uh, and honestly, this is very cool. Um, a a traveler, world traveler, has become the first man to visit every country in the world, all 201 established constitutional countries in the world. Graham Hughes uh, uh, accomplished this feat without ever taking his own car, without ever flying. Wow. He had uh, had a a few simple uh, rules. He said, I've been traveling now for uh, 203 weeks. I started in Uruguay on January 1st, 2009. I've been traveling pretty much nonstop since then. Uh, And he had four simple rules. He could not fly. He must not drive his own vehicle. He had to get a ride with somebody else. He uh, must take scheduled ground transport, meaning buses or subways or things like that. And to qualify for a country visit, he had to have put put a foot on dry land. Actually, he had to make landfall in each of these countries. Wow. In the end, he traveled 160,000 miles over land and sea. And they did it all on about $100 a week, funded by donations from family and friends. <laughs> Let me read one little paragraph. However, it wasn't all plain sailing. He spent four days crossing open ocean in a leaky boat to reach Cape Verde, was jailed for a week in the Congo for being a spy, was arrested trying to sneak into Russia, and had to be, quote, rescued from Muslim fundamentalists by a Filipino ladyboy called Jin. I don't know why that cracked me up as funny. Just He said he also raised money for uh, Water Aid while traveling, a British charity that works to provide clean water. Uh, that's and pretty he, awesome. He tiptoed into North Korea. And in, in 2009 alone, he had visited 133 of those nations. Wow. Yeah, so things really slowed down for him after that. Um, Does it say where he's from? Is he an American? He's English. English, okay. Um, just based on the the wording of the way he wrote his rules, I knew uh, I gather I'm gathering that his English, but I don't think he ever said that. Uh, one of his names Graham Hughes. It's pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's got a, a passport, and his last stop was the newest country uh, in the world, and I had that name in front of me in just a few seconds. Um, he also Uganda. Yeah. Uh, some some place in Uganda, which was the 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 newest South country. Sudan. South Sudan. There you go, the South Sudan. So he also he he says he raised um he was helping raise money for Water Aid, and that's a British charity, which also tends to make me think that he's British. Yes. So that's I pretty cool. I can't see his teeth very well. In that one picture. <laughs> yes. Um, a hundred bucks a week. Um, five thousand dollars a year was was his subsistence living. That's that's not a lot. Um, and he did that for four years. And now I'm sure he's going to write a book about it. He should write a book about. It. I would buy that book uh-huh. if he wrote it. Um, and then then what? What do you do with the rest of the rest of your life then? You go on a talk show circuit. 
all, visit all the planets. <laughs> First guy to visit all the planets. He's going to insult every being in the universe in alphabetical order. Uh, I think I told you this, Mark, but others haven't heard this. My son is six. He likes to read, and he's really getting into space now. And so my wife and he were were reading a book the other night together, and it was about something about space. And and she said something, and she was re- she was actually reading one part of it to him, and she said something blah 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 about Pluto. And then she paused and said, "Huh, this book must be a few years old if if it still lists Pluto as a planet." And Nathaniel says, "Pluto, what happened to it? Was it destroyed?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like you have watched too much Clone Wars, young man. <laughs> oh, that the starts coming around Alderaan. First target, Pluto. <laughs> That's awesome because you know if it was if it was a planet and it's not, there's right. only one way that could have happened, right? Well, the other funny thing in the same story was he was talking about how long you know i was talking about revolutions around the sun and how long it takes the Earth to revolve on its axis and all that. And he's reading and he says it takes the Earth. 24 hours revolve one time. 24 hours? <laughs> That's a whole day. It takes it a whole day to revolve. Yeah, and he figured it out later. But That's funny. Uh, and that's it. That's all the stories I've got, unless you guys have anything you'd like to bring to the table, the periodic table. There's something. I actually saw something in the elevator yesterday that I thought was, or today, uh, or day before yesterday, because I wasn't work yesterday, that I thought would make an interesting story, and now it is totally gone out of the, back of my brain and passed through the front of my brain and has left my brain entirely so i don't know there were a couple of interesting quasi interesting ones that i i chose not to do uh but I'll, I'll just mention them briefly a german woman who tried to uh murder her boyfriend with her size 38 double d's um and when asked why she said simply i wanted you to die happy <laughs> <laughs> that was thinking the same thing <laughs> Sleep well and dream of large women. And then an- another one from our friend Will Greenley, uh, who does lots of Florida stories. Um, a woman who, when the police asked why she had her head in the, the vicinity of a man's zipper, she said she was looking for cigarettes. <laughs> Doesn't say whether or not she was looking for ashtrays or lighters or anything else <laughs> near his phallus. <laughs> so that's a couple of honorable mentions for you one of which was from florida we had to get some florida in there there you go uh well, it's, go, ahead. No, go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead no, you go what ahead. i was gonna say yeah, okay <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah see that i knew the chat room would go crazy on that one did you have a lighter and if so where was it uh <laughs> anyway um that's it. That's our show, our uh, first show back after uh, the holiday. And uh, just for the record, just so you know, uh, we're probably going to miss, um, well, no, I started to say we're going to miss the Christmas one, but that's Christmas on a Tuesday. We'll have plenty of time to get that. So we shouldn't be missing any episodes uh, in the near future. If, uh, if we miss any, Mark, I would suspect we might miss one on January 4th, 3rd, January 3rd. January 3rd. Okay. It's because I don't know what I don't know how long our day will be that day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. see. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. If you would like to uh, submit news stories, as uh, a number of these stories came from our listeners, uh, and we and a number of the stories I rejected <laughs> came from our listeners as well. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> oh yeah, let's insult our listeners now, Mark. You hadn't done that. Now, yet. I'm just going to say, Pete, you have a dark side, my friend. 
you send me stories that are dark and foreboding and morose and make me question humanity. Um, <laughs> so, uh, keep it up, I guess. I do use some of them every once in a while, but, uh, um, uh, anyway, uh, if you would like to do that, the, you can go to elementop.com, click the contact us button right at the top of the page and, uh, send me all the links you want, or just email them directly to me, mark at elementop.com. Uh, there's also the forums there and Hey, while you're there, check out some of our other shows. Some of them are pretty good. At least I think Other so. of them are great. <laughs> yeah, sir. That's right. Yeah. That one mil one workout I hear is wonderful. Hey, is there anybody here who could talk about that show? I could talk about that show, Mark. All right, go ahead. It's, 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 it's great. Um, no, we, yeah, exactly. That was one mil one workout.com <laughs> is the website. And, uh, we are one of the element OP shows and we talk about food and fitness. That's what we talk about. Have we talk about food and fitness, and we throw a fun in there too? Because we got to have three F's. That's right. The three F's: food, fun, and fitness. And if somebody wanted to contact you about one of those F's, how could they do that? Double A, R O N. That's A A R O N. That's Aaron. That's my name. Ask me again. I'll tell you the same at one meal one workout dot com. Aaron at one meal one workout dot com. When he says the double A, I'm expecting a horn. R-O-N. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, Jim? If anybody wanted to come and take you to task for your uh, commentary on the show, how might they do that? Well, I don't know if they'd take me to task for much commentary tonight. I was kind of lame, actually. But I, I did think of something, and I wanted to address this. I heard this at the beginning of the show when I was trying to get all my stuff together to get in. Um, when we get rid, when we get to the end of the periodic table. Uh, Hey, I don't think we should have a uh, episode 100. It should be at 110 because that's where the periodic table ends. And then there is a, a bacon periodic table that you could start. Yes, the I periodic think, table of bacon. Yes, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> that means we have to do <laughs> something funny. like 300 shows at least to get through all of that. I bet we could do that. Uh, Jim Beeson on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Jim Beeson. I'm sure I'll find some other way for people to harass me sooner or later. And uh, we would encourage you, I it would encourage you to go to iTunes, fire up that uh, lovely, slimline, fast-performing piece of software uh, on your computer of choice. Uh, find our show. That's not hard. Actually, there are other shows about the periodic table, but uh, find us. Uh, search for Element Open. You'll find all our shows. Go give us a rating and a review. Tell other people about this show. If you like it, and you must because you're here, go tell other people about it. Uh, do that, and, and that would be a good thing. And then, you know, just just um, put uh, the periodic table on your forehead in ink and walk around uh, and, and bow three times to the east uh, every hour. And that'll get people's attention. They'll ask what's up, and then you can tell them about the show. As you're being taken away in the rubber wagon. <laughs> since we're asking people to do things, something else you could do is go to elementopi.com, click on the Amazon link tab, Amazon tab at the top, and do all your Christmas shopping right there and have it delivered to your friends and family. You don't have to even go pick it up. You don't have to fight the crowds. It doesn't cost you a dime more. In fact, there's lots of great deals on amazon.com, and just a small percentage of that goes back to elementopi.com. Uh, network to help pay for this podcast. Excellent shilling there, Aaron. Yes, elementopi.com slash Amazon, or just click the button at the top of the page. Make that your bookmark for Amazon, 
and just make all your purchases there, Christmas or otherwise, and it would be appreciated. Doesn't cost you any more. You don't actually see any difference in the site except there's a little pound site at the end of the end of your link, and that uh, little pound sign uh, means that I make money, and that's a good thing. Uh, yep. I I've, bought my wife a vacuum cleaner because that's what she wanted. All right. I've done almost all of my shopping this year entirely online, much of it from Amazon. And just today, I went to uh, two stores, uh, three actually, on the way home looking for a specific item. Um, the first store had it, but it, at a ridiculous price. The other two didn't have them. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm going to go online and, and look at com slash Amazon. I found it for half the price of the, the first place and free shipping. So why would you not do that, honestly? I mean, I wasted time going to three stores when I could have just gone home or even pulled out the handy Amazon app on my phone and just done it. Yeah. So Don't use your Amazon app, though. Yeah, I don't know phone. any way that we can get credit for that. Yeah, don't do that. I forget the I Amazon mentioned. app on the phone stinks. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's cla- it doesn't work. It actually causes your front wheel of your tractor to fall off. People come to your house and take stuff and mail it to other people. <laughs> Okay, and on that note, good night, everybody. That I'm going to call that the end of this episode of The Periodic Table.